Hour number two. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio. It's the big show. Russick and Rose 960, the fan. No Rose. Maddie's in Italy. Uh, Julian McKenzie from The Athletic in all week. Which is good because it's been a busy week in the NHL. Um, at the bottom of the hour, uh, the co-host of Real Kipper and Board over on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan in Toronto. Stanley Cup champion Nick Kiprios will join us. And then at the top of the next hour, Calgary sports legend, former first-round pick of the Calgary Flames, Brent Cron in studio for the 8 o'clock hour. Got a poll question up right now. We're asking you because it is America's birthday. Who's the greatest American-born Calgary Flame of all time? Craig Conroy, Johnny Goudreau, Joe Mullen, Gary Suter. Visit us on the uh, social media there, at George Russick, at J.K.A. McKenzie. Did I get that right? Yes. J.K.A. McKenzie. Why are you reading it so slowly? Why well, are you I, taking I wanted your time to, with it? I wanted to say it properly. I appreciate that. It, J.K.A. Yep. McKenzie just kind of floats. Uh, never, I've never thought it would have that much trouble with someone. Well, it's on the radio stuff. Or maybe I'm just bad at reading. That's also a possibility. Um, Four. 1,341 votes. Johnny Goudreau right now leading the way, 49.8%. I can tell the demographic of people um, yeah. I'm voting on her poll because clearly the right answer is Joe Mullen. But like, uh, it's just people's like, oh, yeah, I remember Johnny Goudreau, great American-born player. Uh, we've got, like, I got Brett Hall on social media last night. He was born in Belleville, Ontario, Bell Vegas. So it's not Brett Hall, who like is a fake American anyway and then scored that <laughs> winning goal for the United States, the World Cup in 96 when it was probably a high stick at the Bell Center in Montreal, but whatever. And then Canada built their team to beat the Americans at the Natty and Olympics, which they didn't because they lost a hatchet in the shootout, blah, 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 blah. A lot of history there. I love that stream of thought. Like, that's one of those... But that's what it was. No, you're absolutely right. But there's the way you kind of went through all of that. Like, that is... You are witnessing the the strength of sports knowledge. Uh, And then um, Bobby Clark um, naming Eric Lindros the captain of that team because uh, he was also the general manager of the Flyers and wanted to make sure his man Eric Lindros was front center when clearly Wayne Gretzky should have been the captain of that team. But whatever. And Mark Messier probably should have been on that team too. But that's way back when. uh, We're talking 1998. Um, This weekend in Calgary Flames land, um, a lot of disappointment on uh, social media that I saw. I'm sure on the text line, too, that uh, Matthew Phillips uh, decided to sign, follow his uh, coach, Mitch Love, to the Washington Capitals and sign a deal with them. Um, Did he get a fair shot here with the Calgary Flames? You don't think he did? No, I don't think he did. I'll say this. I I completely understand that uh, the size is an issue, Uh, not necessarily in the height, but I get with the weight. Uh, At the same time, he did score the lights out in the American Hockey League. And while I think certain people on the team wanted him to get a chance, uh, people from the previous regime, and I think you can figure out that, uh, probably were not uh, as keen about giving him that opportunity, which does make him leaving Calgary understandably disappointing for fans who probably would have thought that in the new era that they're trying to cultivate with Ryan Huska, and Craig Conroy, maybe there was an opportunity for Matthew Phillips, but maybe Matthew Phillips just looked at that depth chart and just said, eh, there's probably not an opportunity for me to play somewhere on that team. Not compared to uh, what I could do with the Washington Capitals, where the head coach I've had, at least for the last two years, uh, has helped me you know, produce at a really high level and is now working on the NHL bench for that team. Even if it is just a one-year deal, See how it is in D.C., 
deal and opportunities you can get. One year, one way deal. I, I assume it's league men or somewhere close to that. So wherever he's going to end up being, he'll he'll get paid the same way. But there's an opportunity for him to show what he could do in a completely new organization. And honestly, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he proves a lot of people wrong. I don't know if he will, uh, but if he finds a way to prove a lot of people wrong, that's a really cool story for him. Um, Patrick, you, you kind of said there that he probably didn't get a fair shake here mm. with the Calgary Flames, but sometimes guys are career American hockey leaguers and they do well in that league and there's nothing wrong with making a living playing professional yep. hockey. But I, 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 I can't I can't get past the size thing. Yep. And again, you can tell me that size doesn't matter as much as it did in the NHL. It still does. Look at the Vegas Golden Knights winning mm-hmm. the Stanley Cup. They're a massive big team. Size always wins out. Again, the old saying, you can't teach size, and I understand all of that. But did you really want to see a guy at this point, did you want to see Matthew Phillips maybe take away time from Coronado or Pelche? Because I didn't. I don't think he was going to really be in that situation to do that. Maybe I'm wrong, but but where was he going to play? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I don't like, know where is, he was he's going to play in the top six. That's and that's what I'm that what I'm think. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if that's going to happen for him in Washington, but I think even if you look, you go further down the top nine, even the fourth line, like where are you slotting him? Does he want to be a thirteenth forward? Maybe there's a better opportunity for him in Washington. Yeah, it's just you, you see it too too often around like just guys not getting the fair shot, like prospect wise here and I think there's been a lot of hype around Matthew Phillips for a long time here obviously a local product you want to see the guy succeed and 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 play well but yeah he didn't get a fair shot and that could probably maybe be like the previous regime maybe not giving him a fair crack and maybe this one was going to but yeah like you look at that depth chart and like is he better than Coronado is he better than Pelche is Is he he better better than than Zari is what is he better than Dubé is he better than no sorry yeah he's not like I don't know if he is well, that's the thing, right? No, I, I agree. Like, where is he going to play? Like, a guy like that needs to play like, in your top six. If he he's a skill guy mm-hmm. who can score, right? Yeah. But who whose place does he take? Like, do you give him a ten game shot and go? Well, okay, what do we really have in this mm-hmm. kid? Like, he's not even a kid anymore. He's, he's in twenty five, twenty six. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like, and again, I, I good got, for him taking the chance in Washington. He goes to a place where he knows the now yeah, an assistant get, coach yeah, and. Right. But guys his size, I don't think, can succeed in the NHL now. Well, like, that's the problem. Here's what I'll add to that. Guys his size can succeed if they have some attribute to them that, the, you know, the separates them. Exactly. Yeah. Johnny Gaudreau is a short player, yeah. but he's also very quick, very elusive, and is, has found a way to score goals. I don't know who made the comparison months ago, but people are like, oh, well, well, Matthew Phillips should be able to succeed because Cole Coffey can succeed. Cole Caulfield has an incredible shot. Maybe not the greatest defensively. Matthew but he, Phillips is not even in the same stratosphere as Cole Caulfield. And that's the whole thing. Matthew Phillips has scored a lot in the American Hockey League level. I, I get that. And I, I, I think it can be true that the team probably should have given him more of a fair shake to see what they have in this type of player. But at the same time, unless there's something hiding in there, he has not shown that he is super elusive enough at the NHL level. He has not shown that he has a crazy shot or any other attribute that people would look beyond the size and say, you need to put this player in the lineup. Again, you wish him the best of luck. He goes to a Washington team that I do like the Pacioretty signing mm-hmm. for the Capitals, a guy coming off two uh, Achilles tears, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, just bad luck for Max Pacioretty. But again, I have no idea what the, the Capitals are doing. Apparently, they want to make a, a trade in their top six, a hockey trade, 
and it just feels like the Capitals are just there to get Ovechkin the all-time goals record, yeah, and uh, let's help it. him out as much as possible. I don't know how legitimate the Capitals are to be uh, a Stanley Cup contender. There was those whispers that they were maybe shopping Tom Wilson, which I'm sure a ton of teams would line up for to acquire a unicorn like Tom Wilson. But again, hey, uh, hopefully Matthew Phillips can you know succeed in the NHL and be a guy that, hey, maybe the Flames missed out on. I, I doubt it. I just, again... Guys that size, it's very hard to succeed. They offered in the him NHL. a one-way deal, yeah. and that, that I mean, sure, I mean Calgary probably offered him something, but I guarantee you it wasn't a one-way. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the guy, just you know, he needed a change of scenery, perhaps just a sure. new, new, new voice in the room, just new places, and we'll see. I don't, I haven't, I don't have Capitals depth chart in front of me, but is this guy is he a bottom six player or will he find his way into the top six into a power play role with that team i don't know. I the d- second I, power play yeah. maybe i have to think that if you're matthew phillips you will accept any nhl time oh yeah and i, I think and again I, I mean we could f- we could figure out what the washington capitals depth chart is but if you're getting signed to a one-way one-year mm-hmm. deal and you have mitch love behind the bench as an assistant coach i i look if he had to play games at hershey good for him but also i would think that he made that change with the intention of finding a market that could get him to play NHL games of some sort. So whether he starts on the fourth line or third line or whatever, probably a fourth line guy, maybe a 13th forward, but if it still puts him in a position Mm -hmm. where he could play more NHL games, which he did not do a lot of in this city, that has to be, in my mind, a deciding factor on why he'd switch organizations. Um. We're still waiting on word. Um, I know Patty talked about it. There was a deal on the table uh, for Elias Lindholm around the eight and a half million dollar range, which seems which seems about right when you actually look at you know some of the um, deals out there. But uh, we're still waiting on a decision for Elias Lindholm. And obviously, I think the reason why Craig Conroy is is patient is that's the tipping point for the organization, is it not? Elias Lindholm decides to stay, well, then you got to try to build pieces around Elias Lindholm. But if he's if he's going and you need to make a deal for Elias Lindholm, I think it's time to kind of strip this thing down a little bit and start a bit of a rebuild here when you have guys like Kadri and Huberto signed from now to eternity. But you got to start building it with draft picks and prospects around those guys. But this Elias Lindholm decision is is the biggest decision. And I, I guess they're not they're not pressing them but he wants to see what the Flames are doing. But the problem is, to catch-22, the Flames aren't doing anything right now. It's not like they could really do much either, considering how close they are to the salary cap limit, right? Like, I could... Uh, yeah. But sure, like, you could... And again, for, for people who don't know, and the, the salary cap stuff is really boring, you can go over up to 10% of the salary cap in the summer before the season starts. You're right. So, like, people make way too much of a deal about the salary cap. But you can go over that thing... You know, by a lot of dollars. Case here. in point, the Leafs are like eight, like eight million over the cap right now. Eight point sure. eight. Yeah, that's fine, and they'll figure it out. And, and the, a lot of the Matt Murray situation. Yeah, we'll see what the Leafs do. But again, like Elias Lindholm, are you going to sign? Are you not going to sign? Because we got to know here. Like, what what are we doing here? Because that's a dangerous game. And you, I think you brought up the point in the six o'clock hour, and it's a good one. It's a dangerous game to play. That if Elias Lindholm is, is under contract, and all of a sudden the Flames are off to a blockbuster start, to start to, which could be. It could like, easily be. The Flames can be firmly entrenched in the playoff spot uh, by the trade deadline, and then they'd have to trade their number one center. That's something that could happen in the city. Easily. You have to look at what the roster would be like and where there really are in the standings and really figure out if you really are a cup-contending team. It's one thing if you are like a wild-card team, you're kind of in the middle, sort of like what Nashville was last season, and then like, you know what? It's not worth it. 
just offload your assets, let those guys get on good playoff runs with other teams. But if the Flames, we were talking about how good the Pacific Division is. If they find themselves in a position where they're better than Seattle, maybe LA is off to a really bad start. Uh, maybe they're battling neck and neck with Edmonton and they've actually gotten some wins on them this year. What do you do in that situation? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's also the other risk too, where maybe a Hannafin or a Lindholm, they get some kind of big injury and then you can't really move on from those guys in the season. But what do you do if the team is good and you realize like, oh crap, like this is what we expected from them last year. We need to find a way to double down and see if they can go on a run here. Like, what do you do in that scenario? Um, we talked about uh, the salary cap, and apparently it's going to go up four to five million dollars next season, apparently. allegedly. And again, that's again, I always I'm always cautious with the NHL saying stuff like that because I'm like, do I believe you? I don't know if I believe you. Um, it's the old um, anchorman meme. I don't believe you because uh, that's what it feels like to me. But if 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 I'm Elias Lindholm and I'm his camp, and we saw what Tyler Bertuzzi did. He, he knows that, okay, uh, no team's going to give me a long-term deal. I'm going to sign a one-year deal with the Maple Leafs. I'm going to try to kill it, score a ton of goals. And then when there's more cap space by teams, they can spend a lot more money and can sign a longer-term deal. You think Eli I'm sure Elias Lindholm's considering that. That Well, maybe I don't sign with the Flames. I test free agency where I can get more bank because teams just have more flexibility. Yep, it just makes perfect sense considering how the salary cap allegedly is supposed to go up. And I think a lot of people could probably think about that situation and might want to be in that boat. It's, it's it's a very creative way to think about it for, for Elias Lindholm. I just think regardless of whether he thinks of it that way or he insists upon having those eight years, I look at a situation where Elias Lindholm just has so much leverage in all of this. You brought up the fact that he is the – you alluded to it anyway. He's the big domino for the Calgary Flames. He, he is. is that big piece. If he goes off, you have to basically figure out a way to retool and reshape your team. This is a guy who was the number one center on the team. He was a Selkie finalist. I understand that a lot of people are going to say, hey, a big reason why he was the good, he was as good as he was that year was because of playing on that line with Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. At the same time, if Elias Lindholm is gone, you are facing a prospect of Nassim Kadri as your number one center. Good player, had a good start, so so end of the year. Nassim Kadri at this point in his career is not Elias Lindholm. No, he, he's not. And I don't think Nazem Kadri ever was Elias Lindholm. Nazem Kadri, to me, uh, on a really good team, is a really rock solid number two center. Absolutely. Like that, that's when, and nothing wrong with that. And nope. he won a Stanley Cup in Colorado being a number two center. And the Avalanche still looking for that uh, Nazem Kadri type when obviously New Hook didn't work out. And then they went on and got Johansson. And I get what the National Predators were doing. But uh, I, kind of, I kind of equate to number one centers in the NHL like elite quarterbacks in the NFL. There's only a handful of them, right? There's only, what, really 20 real number one centers in the NHL? And Elias Lindholm is one of those guys. He's near the bottom of that list of that top 20. I agree. He's not, you know, McDavid. He's not one of those guys. Jack Eichel, no. Sure. But he's on that list. And when you have one of the elite centers in the NHL, it's hard to grab one of those guys. It's hard to draft one of those guys. It's hard to have one. And especially what Elias Lindholm does. He plays in every situation for you. Kills penalties. He's on the number one power play. He's the guy you have on in the final minute in both situations uh, when you're defending a lead or you're trying to get a goal. He does everything for the Calgary Flames, and it's tough to let that guy go. And again, to me, that it's just he's the tipping point for this organization. And oh, if you're sorry, keeping him, if you're keeping him, go and try to get William Nylander. That's something we'll talk to Nick Kiprios about coming up. If Elias Lindholm is staying, I am all about a William Nylander trade. If Elias Lindholm is going, you're training him. Stay the hell away from William Nylander and let's have a rebuild here and let's try to build a team when this 
new arena, this fictitious new arena, will be built, hopefully, within the near future, within the next five years. We had the premiere on the show. She's, I, I said, oh, no, Mayor Gondek, I asked her. Yeah. I go, within five years, are we going to have a new arena? She's like, oh, God, I hope so, yes. So within five years, you could be moving into a new barn with a nice, young, exciting hockey team. That would be cool, because now would be the time to do a rebuild. But again, Elias home. He's, he's the tipping point for me. I don't think there's any question. What two things. One, hearing, oh, God, I hope so, from the mayor about whether or not you're going to get, and I know you're paraphrasing, but hearing that sort of response about an arena that there was a whole pop and circumstance for, I don't know, just, you know, as someone who's only been in Calgary for a couple of months, I don't know how confident I feel about that response. But you know what? That might be a whole other discussion for another time. The second thing, I still think with the pieces that you have on this team, in terms of Huberto, in terms of Kadri, in terms of Jacob Markstrom, uh, Mackenzie Weger, Rasmus Anderson, Rasmus Anderson. If you're trying to do this whole rebuild thing, it is a lot harder than it seems. Oh and, yeah, and you're, you're basically if if even if Elias Lindholm says he wants to go and he doesn't want to stay in Calgary, doesn't want to sign long term, you're doing an aggressive retool at best. Mm-hmm. And even if you, you move on from it, it's like all right, cool, congratulations, you got your pieces for Elias Lindholm. What are they going to look for? Probably younger players, younger younger pieces. Is anyone going to flip a, a number one center back for, for Elias Lindholm? If you find a unicorn of a deal like that, I mean, you, you strongly consider it. I get it. But I, I just think for, for people who have it in their mind that like this team should tear it all the way down to the studs, I don't think it's that simple. And I think the team might still be too much in the middle that even if you get rid of a Hannafin and, and a Lindholm, you try to use this year as a write-off, that you're not going to put yourself in a position where you could get like was it Macklin Celebrini could be the number one overall pick next yeah. summer? Like, I don't know if you're putting yourself in that position. And if you wanted to rebuild, you wanted to really tear it down to the studs, the time to do that was last summer. Hmm. Um, are the Flames and Maple Leafs going to get together on a deal? Uh, we'll ask Nick Kiprios that. Coast to Real Kipper and Born, Stanley Cup champion straight ahead. Brent Cron in studio in the 8 o'clock hour. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, minus the Rose. But we got a Julian. Sports at 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, Maddie, on vacation. Julian McKenzie from The Athletic, and all week, the top of the next hour, uh, Calgary sports legend Brent Cron in studio. To wrap up this hour, our intern Shan's going to have a Wimbledon report. I know everyone's just waited with waiting with bated breath on tennis. Tennis huge in Calgary. Huge. Uh, also, poll questions up, too. Who's the greatest American-born player? play for the Calgary Flames. Check it out at George Russick at J-A-K McKenzie on Twitter at Sports at 960. Shoot us a text. J-K J-K McKenzie, not yeah. J-A-K. Sorry. It's I knew good. I was going to have a tar- <laughs> hard time with that one. On Twitter. Uh, vote on the poll. 960-962 on the text line if you want to weigh in. Uh, but right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar uh, guest hotline, um, the co-host, Real Kipper and Born over on Sportsnet 590, the fan Stanley Cup champion, Nick Kiprios joins us. Uh, Kipper, good morning. How are you? George, Julian, how's your free agent weekend? Oh, it was uh, it was electric here in Calgary, Kipper. Uh, <laughs> it's an electric factory electric. watching no moves uh, get done. I uh, wanted to ask you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, two shows left for you before the summer? Uh, just today. Okay, so lots of uh, last day of school vibes for you right yeah, now, Kipper? Yeah, 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 for sure. I got to get uh, Justin and Sam to sign my yearbook, and then I don't see them <laughs> for a very long time. That's exciting. Pizza party in third period? 
<laughs> cold pizza. Okay, oh. uh, okay. So what I got to ask you too before, and there's so much I want to get to with you. Um, when you were on teams that were, you know, probably not going to make the playoffs, Nick. Uh, when did guys start booking trips, or was that kind of a something that you guys didn't want to talk about? Because but guys were still doing it. Yeah, November, early <laughs> no. December. <laughs> That's too soon. Come on. Uh, listen, uh, I, I've been on a few. Trust me. Uh, the year uh, I was in Hartford, I, I had my best year at 17 goals. I think at over 325 penalty minutes, and we had uh, a great group. We just couldn't win. Um, and for whatever reason, we had in ownership issues, uh, and it was a mess all around us, but the, the guys actually got along really well, but it just wasn't a deep enough uh, hmm. team. And and the writing was on the wall, so we tried our best to kind of keep the team together. Uh, certain guys had good years. Others didn't. Others knew that they were going to be on their way out. You just manage within your 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 surroundings, your environment. You try to be a good guy in the room. But my, my point of when I said, you know, sarcastically November is players aren't stupid. They know where they are in terms of uh, how good they can be or, or where they can get to. And there's always the hope that you, you improve as the season goes on and you can turn your, your season around much like Florida did. But those are far and few for sure. Hmm. Um, being a former member of the Hartford Whalers, do you like the fact that the Canes rock those jerseys occasionally or no? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I, I, I truly believe that you can never forget where you came from and it's part of, it needs to be part of your makeup. And, uh, you know, I tip my hat off to Carolina for acknowledging that, that Hartford, uh, history for sure. I wish more teams uh, mm. would do it. So we were a couple of days uh, in the post-glow of, of the NHL draft uh, and the first round, I don't remember specifically what year, but that's like the first time in at least over 14, 15 years where we didn't see a trade in, the, I think since 2007, thank you, PD, uh, where we didn't see a first round trade. How surprised were you at the lack of activity pretty much between those two days at the draft, especially considering how exciting last year was. Yeah. Nothing surprises me uh, at this point coming out of a pandemic and we've seen some damage done to the salary cap and where teams are today. And even what we witnessed from the draft, Julian, to right into uh free agency uh there's such a log jam in terms of no money flowing uh and that includes valuing your assets now to another level uh and it just seemed like teams weren't willing to pay the price to move up it's expensive and every dollar counts as we saw with short-term deals at limited amount of uh, aav on the weekend so there, there's a premium for everything cap space uh first rounders third rounders fifth rounders and teams were not willing to 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 budge i i think honestly some teams are just scared they're scared to the point where they'd rather do nothing than make a big mistake because uh, uh there's so much at stake right now with with every penny but 
no money in the system means that uh, teams are forced to to just sit as they are. So when you see a team like Calgary that has Noah Hannafin, who has been put on the trading block, people have been wondering if Dan Vladar might also go that same way, but maybe it's a different situation. They The Calgary Flames have players that they could put on the trading block, depending on how they how they how it goes about with their 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 contracts potentially expiring next season. So when you see that the market has kind of dried up in that sense, it's definitely not a surprise that a team like Calgary would kind of sit on the fence. Well, for sure, and you know the bottom line is it takes two to tangle. You can't you can't make a trade with yourself. Uh, if we want to even look at uh, a potential situation with the the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and and Brad would probably easily make calls to Craig Conroy and say okay what's the latest and who's staying and who's going in your opinion and what's your blue line look like so clearly there's going to be some some changes on the back end uh, to what degree we don't know Noah Hannafin is out there but uh, who who's going to take Noah Hannafin on what price it's a different price if you know that you can get him extended on a long-term deal compared to just trading him for one more year at his current uh, evaluation. Uh, Zadorov's another guy that uh, is a year out. Everybody's screaming in Toronto for Brad Tree Living to go get Zadorov, but how does how does where where does where does where does Brad Tree Living put Zadorov on his blue line if he can't get rid of say? A, TJ Brody's contract at $5 million. So mm-hmm. everybody has to sit and wait while while the, a few dominoes fall. And right now, it just seems like everyone's stuck right now in the mud. Uh, Nick Kiprios, the co-host of Real Kipper and Born over on Sportsnet 590, the fan Stanley Cup champion, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, minus the Rose, a Julian, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, Kipper, William Nylander's name has been thrown around and we're hearing uh, reports that maybe he's asking for a little too much dough here and maybe he potentially could <laughs> price. Says, says who? Says who? <laughs> who, says, who says he's asking for well, more dough than he should get? Uh, Julian does a co uh, does a podcast and is co-host. Uh, uh, as, uh, Chris Johnston. I think you remember Chris. You remember CJ Kipper. Oh, very well. Okay, well, why don't you, well. Okay, why don't you tell our listeners what happened on your podcast? Okay, so for those who listen to the Chris Johnston show, uh, you subscribe to that uh, on YouTube on the STPN channel or wherever you listen on uh, audio podcasts. Uh, when I asked him about how negotiations were going on an extension with William Nylander, he said they were not going well. And it seemed as if William Nylander might be asking for something in the neighborhood of $10 million. Yeah. And, maybe the Leafs, and maybe the Leafs feel he's more close to like eight million or a little bit above that, but when you hear oh, the negotiations yeah. going the way that they're going, seemingly <laughs> with William Nylander, I would love yeah. we would love to know your thoughts yeah. on that. Yeah, listen, this is not like I love CJ, but this is not new news. We've known for months that Willie Nylander and his agent uh, Lewis Gross have him slotted amongst the best wingers in the league. He has told the Leafs time and time again that, that he is to be compared to Panarins of the world. You know, Johnny Gaudreau left Calgary for almost $10 million in, in Columbus. Pasternak, that's his group of wingers he should be compared to. 
And obviously the Leafs don't um, either agree or don't or, or aren't willing to pay him in that that vicinity. And they want to pull him down to even the most recent ones with maybe, uh, um, you know, Timo Meyer at, uh, you know, ballpark eight and a half. Um, and it's not happening. So that's 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 been there for quite a while here. And I don't know where it breaks. I don't know. Like, you know, when we just said earlier, stuck in the mud, they're stuck in the mud and something has to give fairly soon in terms of having any type of light at the end of the tunnel. Is Mar- is Matthews waiting for Nylander? Is Nylander waiting for Matthews? Hmm. Uh, but right now it just seems to be everybody's uh, uh, watching and standing around. I don't know. Does it go... Does it go into next week? Does it go into August? Does it go into training camp? Does it go to Christmas? But I don't get the sense that Nylander is going to blink off of his feeling like he should be amongst uh, the very best paid wingers in the league. Nick, does it make too much sense, uh, or we're trying to make it make sense here uh, in Calgary, that uh, the Flames have some blue liners that Brad True Living likes, uh, yes. They need a game breaker uh, in a William Nylander, and we know that uh, Willie's dad uh, played here. He was born here. I'm sure if the Flames gave him a big, juicy extension, he'd be interested in there. Do you think there's a chance we could have a Calgary-Toronto blockbuster trade involving William Nylander? Well, let me ask you this question: How would Calgary Flames fans feel about uh, you know Jonathan Huberdeau and? Willie Nylander making $10.5 million a ask year. Ask that question today. I asked that okay. question today. How do is, people feel about is, that? Are, are they are they, are they they supposed to be too similar? Wouldn't you rather want um, a hulking, big, strong centerman for $10 million or $10.5, even though he's not out there today? Do you settle on Willie Nylander coming in as a, as a winger making that type of money? Um that those are the questions that Craig Conroy has to answer. And I, I just don't think it's a given um, that you have two highly skilled players in Huberto and, and Willie Nylander that have zero physical presence. <laughs> now, I'm not even talking about like on a scale of one to 10, I'm not even talking like a three. I'm talking about zero. <laughs> but doesn't it feel like, Kip, that uh, Tree Living and Conroy are going to get together on a deal here? Does it feel like that? Are, are you getting yes. those vibes? Yes, I am, for sure. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it's not it's not unlike general managers to go knock on their former door because they know it so well and they know the, the character. They know what they're getting much more than uh, a scouting staff going up to a general manager and saying, hey, trust me on this one. I know. So, yeah, I, I do believe uh, that there, there's, there's a deal somewhere uh, to be made. But, again, where is it? Uh, you know, can you convince uh, Hannafin to stay in Canada? Can you uh, convince uh, Calgary that Zadorov, uh, you know, is, is on his way out? And can, can Tree Living find a way to work these salaries in on, uh, on a team that's as much in jail than than a dozen others in the National Hockey League uh, as far as salary cap restrictions go. So a lot of challenges for tree living as as there is for Craig Conroy. And, you know, uh, 
Craig Conroy sitting on the the sidelines this weekend for the most part because I'm, I'm sure he's just uh, wondering you know where where Lindholm is going to end up in all of this and you know there are some some strong rumors if not a report out there saying that uh, he turned down a significant offer so we'll see where Lindholm ends up Kipper I, I hate to make you put on your your GM hat and put you on the spot here but I think I'm going to have to do it anyway just obviously from your outsider's perspective, just looking at this Flames roster, if they are at a point where they do have to move on from Elias Lindholm, they do have to move on from a Noah Hannafin, a Michael Backlund as well. Uh, like, if you have to move on from those pieces, you're calling that an aggressive retool? Are you going so far as to say, hey, is there a way to tear it down to the studs and, and rebuild? How would you go about this situation uh, if you were the Flames and you realize those pieces were going to have to move on and you have all these fans saying, tear it down, rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what tear down and rebuild or retool. I, I, so, someone do a, an analytics to tell me exactly what that means, because um, I, I don't think there's a, a crystal ball out there that could tell you that if you do. Uh, tear down that you need five or seven years to to rebuild. I I don't believe in that. I think the gap between top and bottom has never been uh you know uh, narrower. So uh, I I think that there's a way that you can still send the message to move off of players like Lindholm and Backlund and, and still find a way to uh you know if not make the playoffs compete or be in the thick of things or make things interesting for your season ticket holders in the months of uh, February and March. Uh, Goaltending seems to be a huge, you know, um, leader today in keeping your team in it, Um, you know, with the solid blue line. Granted, you know, everybody says, yeah, you don't need a star goalie anymore. You you can win with the Hills and, you know, uh, lesser uh, frontline guys. And it's like, yeah, but you need an extraordinary blue line. You need big, strong guys to protect them and give them the ability to get out and challenge and not feel like you're going to get killed on the back door. So you you, you can still compete uh, on the back end. And if Uyghur's back, Anderson's back, if you get a solid defenseman in return for Hannafin, and then obviously... You know, if Markstrom can come back and be the goalie that he's, you know, been in the past, then there's no reason why Calgary can't kind of keep themselves in the in the mix of looking like a team that can can win on any given night. So with with that potential scenario in mind, if you're Craig Conroy and you're prepared to wait and see what could happen with an Elias Lindholm or even with a Michael Backlund. What do you think about the fact that the Flames seem to be willing to to wait on those guys? I'm not necessarily saying, hey, maybe those te- those players will play uh, on their expiring contracts in the regular season, but they do seem prepared to wait them out until some resolution is made. What do you think of that? Well, I'm okay with it because you've also got to create a marketplace for those guys, and you don't want to give them away. So you might be forced to go into training camp with them, and if it means going into – uh, a trade deadline uh, for a guy like Lindholm, um, in, instead of walking him out the door for free, then you might have to wait to that point. And uh, it's a fine line. Uh, and if you if you know 
for for a fact, you know, if you're Craig Conroy and he doesn't want to be here or his family's not uh, committed to to Calgary, then that's fine. Uh, trade him if you feel like there's something out there today or or wait it out. But the last thing you want to do if you're Craig Conroy is come in as this rookie GM and and make a horrific deal just to to rid yourself of, of a Lindholm. He he knows he can't do that. He's gonna have to he's gonna have to turn it into uh, multiple prospects, if not uh, a fairly dependable NHLer. Um, Nick, before I let you go, um, wanted to ask you quickly about Eric Carlson. A lot of whispers that he potentially could get dealt. There's teams uh, that maybe would want to eat uh, some of that salary. Maybe a third team gets involved. Do you really think uh, Eric Carlson gets dealt this summer? No, I, I don't think so. And I just, uh, it's from my gut feeling of what we spoke of earlier, and that is a log jam. There's no money in the system. And if you find a third team, George, it'll be very, very expensive mm-hmm. uh, for, for a third team to say, yeah, I'll pick up two or three million. Hey, San Jose, what are you going to give me? A first, a first and a second? Like, it's it's crazy right now in terms of what you're going to need to free up cap space to move uh, Eric uh, Carlson. I see this thing probably playing out through uh, a good portion of next season and maybe readdress it. And again, every month, every month that he plays as a San Jose next season is it lessens uh, the ask moving forward to pick up on his contract. So I think it's more realistic uh, that he's, he's moved uh, with three years on his deal left, not four. And the other one is, is hey, Eric, I, we know you had a career year at 100 points, and that was awesome. But can, can you do that again? Because that'll <laughs> convince me. That would convince me a lot more that when I'm getting uh, out, out of the next three years is, is closer to what we saw the last two years than it was the last three or four prior to that. Nick Kiprios is the co-host of Real Kipper and Born over on Sportsnet 590, the fan Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Kipper, enjoy last day of school. Thanks for this, pal. George Julian, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. There he is, Nick Kiprios in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Interesting stuff, as usual. Nick Kiprios. Yeah. Um, again, he asked the question, will Brent Crom that coming up at the top of the hour? Would you be willing to pay William Nylander and Jonathan Huberto like $20 million combined? Yeah. And 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 then if you add in Elias Two Little, wingers. Two wingers at $20 million, And then you add in a center who probably is asking for nine, nine and a half million. Maybe not nine and a half. Maybe nine and a half million. I think if you're in that position, you have a lot of leverage, but definitely above nine million. I think that's what he could be asking for. So are you prepared to commit Almost $30 million to Lindholm, Huberto, William Nylander. We got lots to do coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Brent Cron in studio. We'll wrap up our poll question on who's the best American-born Calgary Flame player of all time. I'll give you some statistics on okay. the Nathan's July 4th hot dog eating contest today. And some of it is revolting. But right now, uh, we have an intern in for the week. Uh, Shan, uh, Calgary born and raised. Um, he's in all week. Uh, Wimbledon is on the third tennis major of the season. I know uh, this 
If there's a, if there's a market that loves tennis talk, it's this one. So uh, our intern Shan is going to join us to tell us what Canadians are doing at the All England Club yesterday and what to look for today. Are you ready, Shan? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. It's we have we have music. We have music for you. Hit it, GVB. Oh yeah. This is a, I gotta I gotta deliver to the the big tennis market here uh, in Calgary. Yes. We started with yesterday, Denis Shapovalov versus Radu Albo. That match uh, that match was suspended. Uh, Shapo dropped the first set seven five in the match. Uh, was suspended at 2-2 in the second set due to darkness. The other Canadian men's uh, singles, Felix Oje Aliassime, he was the 11th seed in this tournament versus Michael Moe. Supposed to play Filip Krajanovic, but he was forced to withdraw due to injury. It was a close one. First three sets were 7-6, but he ended up losing uh, in fourth sets. And Leila Annie Fernandez versus Katarina Bandel. That was 6-4, 4-6, 6-4. She won the first round match. And then today, Milos Raonic making his return to Wimbledon first time at the tournament since 2019 versus Denis Novak. That one's supposed to start uh, at 7.30, but right now it's a mess in Wimbledon with, with the rain. There's been a bunch of suspend, uh, suspensions and delays. Uh, might go through the day with rain throughout the entire day there in the greater London area, but uh, we got three days of sun coming up. Carol Zhao, a Canadian, making her first, first time competing past the qualifiers uh, in a Grand Slam versus Tamara Korpach. Uh, that one's supposed to start at 7.15. Hasn't yet. Uh, okay. Rebecca Marino versus Irina Begu. Third time past qualifiers for her at Wimbledon. Uh, supposed to be at 8.45 today. And then Bianca Andrescu versus Anna Bondar. She's made it past the first round once uh, here at Wimbledon. Supposed to get going at 10, 10 a.m. Talked about the weather a lot. That's been uh, an issue so far. They're playing on the grass courts. That makes sense. Um, three days of sun after tomorrow, but then from Saturday through Wednesday, it's all rain. So okay. it's going to be... Uh, rain in London. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Perfect stuff, Shan. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check in with you tomorrow how Canadians are doing at the All England Club. Uh, unfortunately, uh, your boy, uh, your fellow Quebecer, uh, Felix Ojealiasim, <sighs> his recent Grand Slam results, uh, he hasn't gotten past the, uh, the fourth round. Uh, he's lost in the first round of uh, two of the last three. It's so funny. He's won, one, he's won one match in his last six. Okay, so he's definitely going through a slide. It, look, <laughs> I still believe in him. I still think he will find a way to put together, but it's been going on a couple years where we've been waiting on yeah. FAA to do it. But also, he's he's only turning 23 like later this summer. Yeah, lots of time. But That's so wild. But like, he's also in his head right now, too. He's been in his head, man. It's and all, you have a guy like Carlos Alcaraz. Who, who figured like, it out. Like, figured it out at like he's already, 18. He's already won a Grand Slam. Yeah. Yep. He's going to win many more. Man. Which... Obviously, Djokovic wasn't allowed to play him. But whatever. It's fine. Oh, my fine. God. Fine. Oh, my goodness. Fine. Um, Brent Cron in studio. Straight ahead. A Calgary Flames legend. Lots to talk about the Calgary Flames and maybe uh, the, the activity or lack thereof so far uh, during free agency. We'll talk to Cron next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. No Rose. Julian McKenzie. Sportsnet 960. The fan.